Hello, and welcome to Thank You for Toilet Paper, a history of the little things, a podcast where we talk about a few things to be grateful for and the history and stories behind them. I'm your host, Elizabeth Miller. Thank you so much for joining me today. Let's get going. There was a game that I remember playing as a child, wherein everyone stood in a circle and held onto a large connected string. On the string was a single button. The object of the game was to pass the button to the person next to you without anyone knowing. You would swing your hands back and forth along the string and carefully and secretly pass the button. I can't remember this part exactly, but there was either a person in the middle who was trying to find where the button was, or you took turns guessing who's got the button. Was this possible training for magicians and sleight of hand, or perhaps pickpocketing tricks? Maybe. If that was the case, I failed miserably at both. But regardless, it was a fun game, and it was made possible by some string, good company, and a single button. So, in honor of those fond memories, let's take a moment to celebrate the one, the only, button. The oldest button we have was made of shell and comes from the Indus Valley Civilization which is credited with the invention of the button and dates back to 2000 BCE, or around 5,000 years ago. The Indus Valley Civilization was a Bronze Age civilization covering the northwestern regions of South Asia. These buttons were initially used as decorations on garments and were indicators of wealth and status. They could also be used as seals. They would be hung in intricate patterns. I find it interesting that many of the clothing-related inventions that we've talked about lately were initially used as some sort of representative of a socioeconomic divide. The best silk socks, boots, even buttons, it seems, were worn only by the wealthy and were a means to set them apart from everyone else. Not so different from today, only these days much of the prestige is attached to specific brand names. I wonder if they had brand names for buttons in the Indus Valley civilization. It wasn't until the Industrial Revolution that buttons became more widely available to the general public. But I digress. Back to buttons. Initially, these buttons were arranged in geometrical patterns, less the straight lines that we're used to today. They were arranged using thread and attached to clothing through small holes drilled through the button, and the thread was used to attach, arranging them into the specific patterns. In Egypt, in the 18th dynasty, we have artifacts of wig coverings that have been decorated with ornate buttons which were used to hold the backing material. It wasn't until the Romans and their buttons that buttons became more widely used as a fastening tool, which we're more familiar with today. Romans used buttons on pins. The first buttonholes appeared on leather legionary satchels used by the Romans. In the early Middle Ages, we saw buttonholes on footwear. In the Byzantine Empire, buttonholes were used to close cuffs of sleeves and the necks of tunics for the Egyptians by about the 5th century AD. It actually took quite a long time for us to get more functional buttonholes. It wasn't until the Middle Ages that we saw our first buttonholes in Europe. These first appeared in Germany in the 13th century. As clothing became more and more fitted to the body, more and more buttons were used by the 13th and the 14th centuries. Buttons were used to make fashion more interesting, to draw lines, or to allow for sleeves to be taken on and off and replaced with other sleeves in order to refresh the outfit. Other buttons were used to house keepsakes, like flowers or locks of hair. Buttons were typically used on the right side of men's clothing so that they could easily undo their own garments, while women's buttons were on the left side of their clothing in order to allow maids easier access to undo the buttons. 
The first button makers guild was French and was formed in 1250. It was during the Middle Ages that owning a lot of buttons meant big money, to the point that you could even take one of the buttons from your clothing and use it to make a payment, which apparently still works if you've ever seen the great Korean drama, The King Eternal Monarch. In fact, an Italian phrase describes a room where important people of power meet as, quote, the room of buttons, close quote. Poorer classes made their own buttons. Buttons weren't just used for clothing, however. They were also used by drug smugglers. From ages ago to even recently, people have still tried this method. During the World Wars, for the US and the British, they had button lockets that were made and housed functioning compasses. Buttons have also played a role in American politics. The first political buttons appeared during George Washington's presidency at his inauguration in 1789. To collectors, these buttons are known as Washington inaugurals. They were two sizes, larger ones for coats and smaller ones for breeches. Buttons for Abraham Lincoln are also considered collectibles. These buttons made a transition from traditional buttons to buttons with pin backings in about 1860. With the Industrial Revolution, button making became faster and easier, making for more affordable buttons for all. With this came a number of fun button-related sayings in the 1800s, including dash my buttons, an expression of frustration, to take by the buttons, which means to keep someone in conversation and not let them go. And people who were a button short would be the same as colloquial terms today, such as having a screw loose or a few fries short of a Happy Meal, or however you might say that particular sentiment. As buttons were mass-produced, they became more useful and showed up in places like footwear. But the buttons were difficult to do because they were smaller. This led to the invention of the button hook, a tool to help out with difficult-to-manage buttons. These days, buttons have even transitioned into our virtual world as we have buttons on our cell phones. Buttons have been made of a wide variety of materials over the history of humanity. As man made improvements to textile and material industries, buttons evolved along with it, with buttons being made out of both synthetic and natural materials. Buttons have been made out of horn for traditional tailoring, but more recently there has been a shift to using the nut of the corozo tree. These trees largely grow in South America. Other materials used to make buttons have included silk, linen, vegetable ivory, mother of pearl, pressed cardboard, tin, zinc, wood, bone, leather, rubber, stone, paper mache, enamel, and more. These days, the most popular materials include hard plastic, wood, metal, and seashell. Some buttons are not made for purely functional purposes, but are actually made as their own works of art. For collectors, these artsy buttons are called studio buttons, or just studios. Buttons can be made by pairing button making with a wide variety of other industries, including jewelry making, printmaking, sculpting, painting, weaving, metalwork, and more. Buttons made for mandarin dress are made out of intricate knotted strings. You can combine a lot of different artistic styles in button making. Over 60% of the world's buttons are made in Chotu, Yongjia County in China. You can also find buttons in various museums around the world including London's Victoria and Albert Museum. Buttons have also been the subject of some of the world's great writers, including an article written by Charles Dickens on the subject, written in 1852, which you can find in an online museum hosted by the button-making factory Hammond, Turner & Sons in Birmingham, England. 
buttons are still a part of our everyday, from our colloquial terms like buttoning up or pushing our buttons, to their practical uses that help keep our fingers safe from zippers and keep our clothing functional. A small invention, but an important one that has taken the world by storm for thousands of years. We owe quite a lot to the unassuming button. That's it for this week. Thank you so much for listening and for joining me, and I hope you have a magnificent day. Take care. Thank <laughs> you.